Hello, ciao, and welcome back to the Chronicles of a Black Italian Woman. My name is Benedicta Jumpa, and I'm the host and creator of this podcast. Hello, 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 people of the internet. Happy New Year. We are in 2022. I hope you survived 2021. Well, if you're listening, you have, of course. And I want to wish you a happy new year. I want to wish you a healthy one, a safe one, and a healing one. So I'm so happy to be back. And we are back strong this 2022 because we are starting with Diaspora Hood, the segment of the Chronicles of the Black Italian Women, where I'm in conversation with people from the African diaspora and beyond. So if I say Diaspora Hood, you know the deal. You know I have a guest. So let me introduce quickly the guest of today. So let me tell you this. I know her since her early Visco's day, early Instagram days. So that's around 2011. And today we have one of the most special guests, of course, after my mom. Sorry, babes, but that was going to be after my mom's. And she is a photographer and a definer, a real creative. She has been nominated among the new wave of creatives in 2021 by the British Fashion Council. She's shot one of my favorite singer, Emily Sunday, and Jordan Dunn. She's originally from Congo, raised in Belgium, and based in London. This is my generous and big-hearted and also the sponsor of this podcast, I as I neighbor every now and then, my best friend Olivia Lifingula. Hey girl, welcome to my podcast. Hey, that was I didn't know you were gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course, like I said, like I kinda said a oh script to people, but I always like to surprise you with the introductions so, so welcome girl how are you i'm good i'm doing great yes. finally on the podcast yes i know right like i literally begged her i keep on like being like yeah like can you please come and so on and so forth but i'm sure that as you're listening you will understand why i was better okay so stay tuned for this episode so girl i'm glad you're doing well so let me know how you feeling about this 2022 love how are you feeling about this new year well i'm feeling good i'm really excited i think after like the past two years we just kind of all hope that it's gonna be like a better year and that everyone's gonna stay healthy that covid is gonna leave us alone um <laughs> but yeah i feel good i feel excited to just do new things and i'm just grateful that i'm like healthy uh that i'm still able to work uh able to see my family my friends so yeah i'm just i've learned to just feel grateful to be here and yeah yeah that's great thank you so much for that so as we're talking about new year so i want to ask you can you share one of your goals with the listeners of the Chronicles of a Black Italian Woman for the coming year. Okay, one of my goals, one of my goals is to learn to play the guitar. Ooh, so nice. I started taking some lessons. Uh, I can now play Happy Birthday, which is wow. a good place to start. Uh, so yeah, I really want to learn to play a couple of songs. And that's just like a personal goal, um, just for fun. I think I have a lot of like work related goals obviously but i also wanted to make sure that i have some personal 
fun things um, to do for myself. So yeah, that'd be one of it. That's great. So one thing I want I asked you about go goals for some reason. Well, of course, my goals are not ready yet because I take my time writing my goals and like olivia she's looking at me like oh like i take my time writing my goals and i'm just i'm just like that people which but, i think is very problematic i'm not gonna lie <laughs> listen i think my my nephew always takes his time to think about things when i ask him a question so it's definitely my nephew so i think a lot so that's why <laughs> but yeah so i asked you about your goals because I know that you are quite a disciplined person and I actually respect that a lot about you. So how do you think you can successfully set and achieve your goal as well? I, I don't know. I feel like you're one of the, not one of the only people, but like you're the one that reminds me all the time that I'm like disciplined. Um, I guess I am. I would say one of the, the things that I do is like set my goal early in the new year even before okay. the new year okay shade, shade. okay shade um and i don't know i'm just i'm just kidding but i just feel like it's better to have i like to have small goals to reach so i'm not pressuring myself um and also i just feel like we have a lifetime to like make things happen so i started just i stopped it i stopped putting like a time frame mm. into like different goals and I just start small and I do little things um, every day so I always I'm the type of person that would like wake up and have like a to-do list of things every day and I just feel like especially as a freelancer mm -hmm. or someone just working from home during COVID like it helps me to have like things to do uh, so you can just be like you know send five emails today like work out like random things like that and that just like at the end of the week you realize that you've done quite a few things um, and I think that like the more things you do the more like it gives you motivation to be mm. like oh okay I can actually like I've done this much so I can keep going so yeah just set like small goals um, and don't pressure yourself with time yeah no I like that I like the fact especially about don't pressure yourself with time because I feel especially getting older you kind of feel that oh time is running out or you're running behind and so sometimes you can get into that scarcity mindset for which you say i don't have enough time or i don't have the age to do certain things so for example you saying i want to learn guitar you know like we're not gonna disclose our ages here uh, we can we should we can we should okay let's let's do let's do it dad let's do it dad like go we ahead should. Uh, i'm 31 okay um, turning 32 in may and you are um i'm 29 and this year in 2022 i'm gonna turn 30 <laughs> so. yeah i think people shouldn't be i feel like i really like being in my 30s mm. i've like waited my whole life to be 30 but yeah i'm not it's not something i'm like embarrassed about um and i feel like a lot of people our generation are like i mean we always have the pressure and we see like people that are like really young on social media like accomplishing so much and i feel like we put a lot of pressure on yourself in like timeline and you feel like at 30 or 
I say all the time that like at my age my mom had like two kids in the house mm-hmm. and whatever but at the same time I just feel like times are different and then we have so much more other things to like to do and we have more opportunities that like maybe your mom had and we need to you know so that means maybe having other things to do than having kids or mm-hmm. just being super like career oriented that it doesn't you know we can there's so much other things to see than like focusing on just work or just family so yeah I don't feel pressure about age I'm quite happy that like I like the idea that I can be 40 and start something new Mm. and just like go back to school Uh, I always say I want to like go to like cooking school when I'll be like 40 or 50 um, and just start a new career so hopefully I can do that oh that's nice because I don't know I feel that encourages me because I'm one of those people that sometimes I can feel a bit pressure because especially being I feel growing up being a kind of try to be an eye achiever kind of and say not achieving certain things by a certain time you kind of start feeling a little bit of a pressure so I think definitely that helps me in shifting my mindset and thinking more about possibility and I hope this also inspired you listeners as well to think like there is time and you can start your new career even when you're between your 40s and your 50s that's great so thank you for sharing that wisdom and as you can see people that's why I wanted her on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) no but I think it's true like even remember like when we because we I feel like you haven't told the story so I'm gonna say it okay you you share it Benny and I met at uni and then we were not we were friends during uni but we were not like best friends for whatever Mm. reason um, we were just cool during uni and then graduated and I feel like that's when we became friends and we were just both trying to figure out what we wanted to do um, trying like look for jobs and things like that and that's when and by that point I think I was 25 24, 25 yeah probably yeah and I that's when I started photography really where like everybody else was like looking for like the job after uni and I had to like start from scratch again and like I already had an interest for it but I feel like that's where I needed to start so I was 25 um I had a degree that I wasn't using and yeah just tried to make it happen and I felt like I'm glad that I didn't stop myself Mm. because I felt like maybe I was too old or maybe I should just go and get a job and da 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 Mm. so I feel like yeah age is like a concept (laughs) at this point I, I like that I like that I like I like I like it I like it I really like the way this episode is going so wow you shared a bit how we met is there more that you yeah. like to share about yourself uh, I don't know why should I share um so yeah we met like it's so interesting I mean maybe this is what not what you plan to talk about but I feel like that's it's cool, so interesting cool. that we became really good friends we were, we were good friends during uni but we became like sisters after we graduated yeah I know um, it's very interesting for real yeah but, when yeah. we saw each other like every day at school well not every day because I wasn't there <coughs> every day <laughs> <coughs> We saw each other a couple of times, every couple of weeks. Because 
I was a UD literally every day and stayed yes, at were. the library and doing my work and getting things done, trying to avoid like the traffic jam in London at 5 pm. So, as I was doing that, like somebody else was nowhere to be found. Like, so <laughs> which is so strange after you've told everyone what discipline I was, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Uni was a blur. Well, as you can see, we are always becoming in the famous world of, of words of Michelle Obama. So Exactly. Period. <laughs> period. Um. That's it. So you are a photographer. So you can you tell us a little bit more about how your passion started? Because of course you started at 25. But I remember when you would be like on your phone and like try to use Visco. I remember you had kind of a Sony and Instagram and you I, did the edits and things like that. I did not have a Sony. I had, did an, not a Sony I had an iPhone for day, from day one. I think you had also another one as well before. But Maybe you can't an injury, about it. But... <laughs> A Sony phone? I don't think so. <laughs> if you say so yourself, yeah, nah. we're not gonna argue about it. But yeah, so you add your you add your phone, let's say your iPhone for day one, and because she believes she had the iPhone for day one, yes, and she will do an edit at this at a time where it wasn't really popular. That was 2011. It was just starting really. So my question for you is, how really your passion started and how were you able to push through and envision your achievements uh okay so i always kind of had a, a thing for like photography or art i remember like always being into like music videos or like film when i was when i was growing up there was a time when we f i tell the story all the time uh, there was a time when, when we first moved to Belgium, I was born in Congo, and I must have been like eight, and there was a minute, like a couple of months, where I didn't go to school, because we were just transitioning. Uh, so I spent a lot of time just like watching TV, and watching like MTV, and like whatever, um, music videos at the time, so I think that's like when my first, I guess, love for like image making started or that's when I started having an interest for it and then that grew into like collecting a lot of like magazines and uh, we had a lot more magazines at the time anyways so I would like buy magazines all the time and that was just like my thing. Uh, I still didn't really think of a career in like filmmaking or photography I just mm -hmm. it was just something that I liked. I did take a photography course when I was in high school my last two years of high school and it's so funny because it was like a media course and photography was my least favorite part about the co the course like before we started the course i was really excited about learning or to like write articles and whatever but like we had like a one hour photography a week and i was just like not really excited about doing that and then once i started the course i really loved it um yeah and it was it was only like one hour a week so we didn't like learn much but it was enough to like get me excited i remember uh my teacher at the time had like an analog camera and we had a dark room in the school all the things that i ended up had, like using in my in my practice um we did that for like an hour a week 
and I learned what I could but like I feel like it started something in me still didn't think that it could be a job or a career um I remember like my teacher mentioning it actually oh have you thought of like me because I had um some people in my school were going off to like study film and things like that and we were just having that conversation um but I just couldn't picture it because no one and then I grew up in Belgium and no one was really doing that on like a big scale at least no one that looked like me so I just never thought it was for me and then moved to London for uni and then everybody here was like a photographer a stylist or whatever so it made it more accessible mm -hmm. so by like second year of uni I knew that I wasn't going to use my <laughs> degree or that I didn't want to use it um and then yeah then we graduated and then from then I think I was really I just wanted to try I'm not sure why but like I just wanted to try and I was trying from, from scratch and I think I just got around the right people they were like also doing photography and like yeah I love one of my friend Carti um, had a camera and you let me like use it I started like going to church and then I was a part of like the photography team there and yeah and then I just learned by like asking questions and just looking at what other people were doing and then naturally I think it moved towards like fashion and beauty because that was I was gonna say my interest that wasn't necessarily my like I don't look like that it's that it was that, <laughs> that like someone that's interested in beauty or fashion like I barely know to do makeup but I just like looking at images um so, okay yeah so and then naturally yeah it became that and it took a couple of years to like build up, but yeah. That's good. You made it true. And so what about like, you know, you were learning, you were starting and have you ever felt like stuck or that you weren't able to grow or like being noticed between your work? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think very early after I started, we had this conversation about just not feeling like there was a space for me. Um, and I think in every kind of space that I was trying to take or every job or every internship that it always felt like there was this huge door in front of me um, or like no one really, not only did I not see myself, I think mm -hmm. I had to really build like my confidence and like realize that I deserved to get everything that I want to get. But also because I didn't see myself, other people also didn't necessarily make space for me um, mm -hmm. and didn't really picture me in whatever fashion environment and stuff. So it was really, yeah, it was hard to like still move forward, but I feel that a little part of me is a little bit petty. So that also put the batteries. A little, a little. she said a little. <laughs> the lies let's go so I feel like weirdly enough that was also just like I wanted to prove to myself and prove to others that like yeah I could do it and there was a mix of that that's great and she did it and she did it Try. so <laughs> trying to try to make it and she's doing it she is doing it period period so proud so uh, we're talking about living in London that's where we met so now you've probably been there for like 10 years yeah. so around a question for you is like why did you choose london and 
how do you identify yourself now that you're a black person between the diaspora right you were born in congo you raised in belgium like how do you do you identify yourself in a certain way do you identify with your heritage do you identify with the country that you grew up in do you feel like a londoner like how do you identify yourself okay so i moved to london yeah over 10 years ago i think the reason i came here was because i was like the most accessible option i think i went mm. to school with kids that were like traveling to australia canada they're going backpacking in asia whatever and i felt like well i couldn't afford it and i wanted to go somewhere and I had been to London a few times and I was like, oh, I want to like learn English or just do something before I like settle. Because I, I had a scholarship to go to school in Belgium. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to London for a year, learn English and then go back to school. And I kind of knew that I never wanted to go back. Um, so yeah, I moved to London, did my year of like learning English, being an au pair, mm-hmm. and then just went to uni here and just never looked back. I definitely, it, it's starting to feel a lot like home. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been in many places around the UK, but then London definitely feels like my home more than Belgium now. Yeah, just in the way it, that it's so diverse. I still very much identify as like a Congolese. So I think I always had a hard time thinking I was Belgian because I wasn't born there. Um, and like, it's probably a less like inclusive place to grow compared to like london so you definitely get a sense of like you're not from there oh yeah london feels a bit more like home i don't know if i will stay here forever um but yeah for now i'm like cool thank you for sharing like i think definitely shows like our identity is always evolving right and like in the end of the day you are kind of you are the person that determines your belonging of course others do play a role in that of course if you feel more at home in a place or in another but definitely that sense that you can feel it in the inside where you feel like you belong to a place and i think belonging is so underrated oftentimes because even the fact of like just seeing yourself for example and the fact that you said earlier that you saw yourself in london like that's kind of also the reason why i moved to london as well because i remember that when i was little growing up in italy you wouldn't see anyone that was working for example i don't know in a bank or even just driving a bus or so you felt a lot of invisibility of black bodies while there was also at the same time a hyper visibility but london kind of gives you of course it has its struggle it has its challenges but it kind of gives you a little bit more that idea of representation that like picturing yourself can help you a lot with strengthening your identity and your worth mm-hmm. so that's definitely something i can relate to so okay enough of the serious stuff though let's talk about like the main reason why we are the in this podcast here. the reason why we are united on this podcast today so the main reason is this so why are we here let's discuss the insecure finale the main topic of the hour mm-hmm. and if it's still not the main topic we are making it the main topic Again. because we still need to talk about exactly. it we need to talk about it because the season has ended the show has ended but he has to continue and if he has to continue it could be through us Hey Isa, hi. <laughs> like every now and then I try to install, I try to say hi to Isa every now and then. So let's talk about the finale because especially as to you, like we are two awkward black girls. I feel like we're two two awkward black girls. Like that's just us. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait, like are you more Isa? 
or Molly, you think? Ooh, I don't know, you know. I feel like I think I kind of both. I kind of have a both. I have a, I think I have a theory yeah. on this. I feel like Go ahead. Aesthetically you are more Molly and I'm more Isa. But then mentally or whatever emotional struggle that they deal with in some of yeah. I have more of Molly's struggle behaviour. God, that's far. Oh you used to. Used to. Old Molly. Like in terms of growth, both me and Molly have grown a lot and I felt like yeah, because you are. Well, I feel like we both are kind of awkward, but yeah, yeah. No, we got the awkward. I feel we kind of got the awkward, and I think I'm glad it was a show that represented our kind of personalities. So, and I think you would think of somebody as Molly, not as awkward, but although she has yeah, maybe, her awkwardness. Yeah. Although she has an awkwardness, so I I like that about her. But definitely, I think like yeah, no, I agree with your theory. I agree that aesthetically, Amy probably professionally as well. I look more like Molly on the outside. Yeah. When it comes to struggle, I don't know if you identify a lot with Molly, but definitely when it comes to career wise and being, <laughs> I mean, are we being honest or we lying here? <laughs> I'm I'm being honest because honestly, like I would have thrown freaking Molly out of the oh, freaking window. Okay. Okay, last, last season, season Muddy was a bit too much. I did lo- like her, but I feel like, yeah, that's. Mm. I don't know. I never thought of that of you, though. I never thought that. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Let, let, let me not claim that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like season five Muddy now. Yeah, you can definitely claim season five Molly, though. Yeah, we rebuke yeah. and reject. <laughs> yeah no but de- i'm definitely isa like i can so relate to isa on many levels especially because even with the fact that she worked with we got you all and i feel like she kind of does a similar she did a similar right, profession it, to my we go chill we go chill. <laughs> something like that <laughs> Some, something like that we got chill like something like that and she worked with that and i worked kind of in a yeah, similar true. like job so i can really relate to is a lot. I work in education. I don't work in study abroad. And we're older kids, but still, I kind of feel like like it's a the old environment. Try to do the diversity talk when you're the only black person. It's just like I really feel like it's a even with the insecurity sometimes and the figuring out the career and things like that. I really do feel like he's a for sure, okay. like hundred yeah. percent. And especially the last episode, I felt like it spoke to my soul. Like so this last episode child yes anyways <laughs> so how do you feel about the show finale how do you feel how do you feel about it how do you feel how do you feel well i've watched it twice oh, i still have to rewatch I, it i maybe shed a tear or two just because i was sad and happy that it happened mm. but i had i just felt like there was like a few moments like the whole season i told you this i felt like the whole season felt a bit rushed mm. and there could have been a bit more spice things happening um during the previous episode the last episode was cool i appreciate that we go like 40 minutes uh, but i think some things were like kind of like brushed over and I keep saying that no one cares, but like Modi's mom just dying and them just like ignoring the whole thing and like moving to the next. Um, I felt like that was quite insensitive and I felt like she ha- she was like a huge part of the season. And I wish we had, they gave Modi a moment to like mourn her mom or something. I don't know. No. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I think it was still a good episode, but I just feel like... 
yeah, they were really getting at the end of it. Maybe it was time for it to like be done. I still cried. Um, and yeah, I wish we had more like Molly and Isa moment. Yeah, just because I felt like there was. I wanted more moment of them together mm. in the last episode. Yep. I think that would have been cool. Uh, but I'm glad that they all ended up happy and with great careers and love. Uh, I'm even glad that Isa ended up with Lawrence even though I wanted to I wanted to to fight him a couple of times a couple you just said a couple (laughs) you said a couple a couple of times yeah wow Um, please multiply my times with that like yeah but at the end of the day I feel like that's who she loved and so that's good that they ended up together okay (laughs) okay what what do you think I mean I loved it I loved the finale it was nice of course I can yeah I can see what you're saying about like some moments were very rushed and it could be more like built up instead of kind of like they were very probably sectioned instead of like going more smoothly kind of moments so they should have it just felt rushed yeah to me. yeah it was um yeah but yeah i was still gonna watch it and then if they decide to come back i'm still gonna watch oh, it oh yeah <laughs> so like i love the show so i'm glad i'm glad they use birthdays to like to do the timing like i think no i didn't like that you did it i liked that yeah. like because i don't know i feel like birthdays are so they can be so meaningful like you kind of remember like your birthday you remember that oh this mm, happened before just, or after so that was kind of i don't know i think that was still kind of cool and also kelly <laughs> all of a sudden has a life and then a character development in the like last two episodes they could have done that before yeah but yeah but that should have happened like a lot long before like about three seasons ago yeah <laughs> like no she definitely did deserve more character development and i think you make me think about the fact you know that she's kind of identified like the big girl that she's funny and mm-hmm. as much i absolutely think that the way isa writes character is absolute characters is absolutely revolutionary but we probably still need to discuss like how do we talk about caviar people like how do we talk about like those bodies that about society that oftentimes get far shamed like uh, giving them a role that is marginal is kind of playing into still that social dynamic and stereotypes around bigger bodies so probably they're like yeah they're like big funny friends yeah like i think probably i i started thinking more about that i think the father when you told me that i thought about it more and i was like yeah actually I, like she needed I, I feel like she needed more like i would have liked to know like why her and Issa's brother that always fight it i want to know what was that what was yeah, that thinking about <laughs> like you know i get it i know i'm the one that brought it up but i still felt like they were good at making sure to know to let the people know that she was an attractive woman and she was you know she had a great career and then a, an interesting love life and stuff like that but i think compared to like the other characters it was in a way that i also understand that she was like kind of the comic belief between all of them but if they was gonna give tiffany who is like super annoying like a storyline that she have given kelly one absolutely you know what i mean no absolutely yeah no i absolutely agree but no i'm not tim lawrence like i'm not tim lawrence i don't like lawrence i'm just there like no no 
Uh, Why don't you like Lawrence? I don't know. I think probably I, I probably still remember like season one the way it was. So <laughs> I had no job. <laughs> like and I, I don't want to make him feel bad. Of course, we all go through phases in life. So I don't want to judge him for that. But sometimes I think his response to it was very like uh, I don't know. I kind of. I don't know. I, I really liked Lawrence season one with his jobless self. But I just feel like... I, I really like the idea of him and Issa, which is why I'm like kind of happy that they ended up together. But I also just feel like I wish there was... Like the baby... Ugh. The baby situation was a bit... Mm, and... And I think even in the seasons, like it took a long time to like get back to like Lawrence and Issa that mm. I kind of got over it. And then the moments that were like reconnecting, I just feel like I needed to see him fight a bit more for her. Mm. You know what I mean? It just felt like maybe that's the way life is supposed to happen. I don't know. You know, you let a couple of years go and blah, blah, blah. But like as a TV show, I just needed more from him yeah no, i agree but i feel like don't you think that's a common pattern about the men around isa though because you see daniel didn't do much i mean i was not team daniel i was not all. i'm not team daniel i'm team nathan <laughs> i'm team nathan so i also wasn't team nathan because he left for a minute although i I can't empathize with him. I feel like I still empathize with him for some reason. Mm. I don't know. I still like I, okay. I can still give him grace. It looks fine as well. So probably that yeah, influenced yeah, my judgment. <laughs> that influenced my judgment. But I have a soft spot for probably problematic, okay. fine-looking guys. Like no, let's get. <laughs> but because I feel like you are in your activism bag, and because the guy that plays Nathan is very much into that, so you're getting side track <laughs> let's get back to the show <laughs> let's focus and i just feel like nathan and isa didn't have that much chemistry but for, according to me i have a theory about this chemistry though like i've i like that their chemistry was awkwardness like they're very awkward and they're very but, like mm-hmm, weird um, about the conversation that you do and chemistry I, is chemistry like it was not giving what it was supposed to give and everything like i like him separately but i just didn't feel like you know what i mean that oh, yeah. there was whatever fire that uh, she did have with even daniel even though i highly dislike him <laughs> You know what I mean? I just feel mm. like with Nathan, it was a bit dry. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I like the coziness around it. Like, I don't know. There's something yeah. that I like about it. So, I'll just go for it. So, as we're talking about Issa's men, so, which one will you pick? I feel, unfortunately, I will definitely pick a Lawrence type guy. But, like, mm. with enough therapy, we might transition to something else. But, like, as of now, like, if this was real life, I will probably go for Lawrence. Mm, okay okay that's fair enough i think i'll pick nathan i just i don't know i have a soft spot for nathan i don't, I don't even think you pick a nathan but i will let you have that i, I live in the illusion I, absolutely I, yeah i live I in the illusion like of picking a nathan i feel like there's no way you pick a nathan if it was just some random guy from Lewisham. Oh, it depends. I don't know. It depends. I will vibe. I don't know. Will we vibe? Will we like... I, I, I will let you have that today. Let me have this illusion, please. I'm gonna yeah. lo- I'm gonna have this illusion. I do have Yeah, this. I think if anything, you pick a Lawrence. But uh, there is something about Lawrence that does not like click with me. There is something about him that I'm just like... About his character. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I him. think... 
I think it's his character because on one side, like I like the fact that okay, now became the successful guy. He had a struggle and then became the successful guy and stuff you know like what? that. But there is you know something what? about him that throws me off as well. I think Lawrence gives me, and I'm saying that as someone that would pick him, but it gives me fat boy. Can I say fat boy? F boy. Oh, pro- probably I edited, but I say, <laughs> yeah. say Lawrence, Lawrence give me F boy that cosplay as a nice guy. That's it. Or like that's it. That's 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 it. That's it. That's it. That's, like, it. that's the one. Like oh. a F boy that thinks he's a nice guy. That's the thing. That's the thing. And I, and those are like the worst, worst type of guys. Worst ones. Worst ones. Like the least self aware. The most entitled group of people on earth that's it men you said it you said it that's the thing i do not like like but is it bad that we still pick him <laughs> it's okay because well we're not gonna discuss this but we're discuss it. we're not gonna discuss, we're it. Not gonna discuss <laughs> it right now on <laughs> olivia's preferences but not on this platform honey not on this platform <laughs> on this platform but definitely i would say like and probably like with my experience and stuff i realized a lot of nice guys yeah they like to play the nice guy part when they aren't so i'm just like leave it alone mate like leave it alone why are you playing the nice guy part when you are it like but i think that they really genuinely think that they're nice they need to stop thinking that though they need to stop thinking that they need to move on mate like yeah. no i do not i'm not a fan of that type of guy and i think i think in the past i would have <laughs> been <a> in the <laughs> past i would have been because i do yeah. have a soft spot for nice guys i do like nice guys i'm not gonna lie but i have a problem i do not like people People that are not comfortable with their emotions and talking about them and addressing issues like although i'm an avoidance so that's why probably i also have a soft spot for nathan still like when it comes to like relationships like for example our friendships i'll tell you i try i try although i struggle in verbalizing that i try not you like lower your glasses like i try to like express how i feel although i'm not very good at verbalizing it meanwhile like i feel like some like these guys that they claim they're nice they're not able to say okay i'm not interested to go out on another date with you or okay what you <laughs> did what you did or like what you did is this is this a, a brand <laughs> dragging session it may or? be it may be it may be but some nice guys like i really attached to the idea of being nice guys and I think sometimes you have to acknowledge when you are not or redefine what it means to be nice. Uh-huh. Because we can be very addicted to the idea of being nice. For example, I had that as well, though. As a person, like, I personally like being nice to people. I really enjoy that. But that sometimes makes it difficult for me to tell people what's uncomfortable or what bothers me or what, what they did to me. It makes uh-huh. me uncomfortable to say that because I think I'm going to hurt them or uh, I think I'm going to hurt them. So I don't feel like saying things. So I've learned through this past year of expressing when something bothers me and, and that doesn't make me any less nice or less valuable. It just makes me a better advocate for myself and makes me more genuine actually makes me nicer so i rather like yeah i feel i like nice guys that are also comfortable telling their truths i'm telling how they feel so so enough of that enough of that enough of that of shading people and men because actually like the main thing about this show is actually 
Isaac and Molly's friendship. This is the main thing. We oftentimes put the relationship with men and significant other above like a friend about friendships as well when actually friendships are such important relationships that shaped who we are at any stage of our lives so as we're talking about friendships um Isis and Molly's that brings us to our friendship so as we've been apart now for like few years and uh, we do live in two different countries I moved back to Italy and you're still in London and we probably haven't seen each other since 2019 uh, so how do you maintain long distance friendships I don't know I think it's I feel like first of all I'm very I've always been kind of good with maintaining and nurturing friendship I'm not like a lot of, I just want to say that but go ahead because a lot of my friends are like that I grew up with that I'm still friend with are like in Belgium and like I moved here 10 years ago and we're still friends and then so I wasn't really worried of us not being friends anymore I don't know I think it's we like try and talk to each other as often as we can and I think it's also good to accept that the other person is like constantly changing because mm. I think we've changed a lot from like end of uni and we've like evolved characters we've like lived life a bit more um and i think yeah we've just kind of grown together and then accepted the other one in whatever ways that they wanted to evolve mm. um, but i think definitely putting in time like you can't escape having to speak to your friends mm. um listening to each other a lot being transparent like i feel like even when i want to lie to you i, I can't <laughs> she tries for some time I, I, but... I try a couple of times that i just can't and then and also like i don't know apologizing for like true. being open to like have a comfortable conversation mm -hmm. when we like kind of argue or not argue when we disagree yeah i don't think we don't argue a lot though like we, we have our disagreements but i don't think we argue a lot and yeah yeah so i think we've had more and more disagreement i think in the last couple of years but also i feel like it's a result of both of us being more comfortable like voicing our opinions and needs so it's like mm. if we don't agree we don't agree but we're also able to just kind of like move past that yeah it's like whenever there's a line that is crossed that doesn't happen often but like yeah we always like apologize or trying to like sort um whatever issue that is mm -hmm. um, but yeah i think definitely we put in the time uh and we always try and like talk to each other always try and listen to each other uh, and we let the other one know what's going on in our lives and stuff so, but I think you also have to be aware that like there's other things that you're gonna miss mm. and just appreciate like the moment that we do share together and like this conversation. I don't know. I find it quite easy yeah. to maintain yeah. a long distance friendship. I was so I told you about this book that I was reading, which is like all about love by Ben Hooks, which I got then, today at work. Okay, good, yeah, good, because I've been preaching about this. Um, but I honestly found it really interesting because today there was like a part where she was talking about how much we like sometimes don't value friendship when there happens to be some of the healthiest way of experiencing love because mm. uh, sometimes you you know whatever you experience love as a child but that comes with like your parents set of trauma and you kind of like reproduce that and then you spend so much time like valuing or thinking romantic relationship are like the main ones 
the relationship that really make us who we want to be mm. and we chase love in that way and and sometimes we conceal ourselves or like I, yeah let go of one part of herself just to make sure that we can please someone else mm. uh, but then in friendship those are actually like one of the few relationships where we literally come as equal Mm. And it's really based on like respect and care. And whenever there's like some type of abuse, generally we don't put up with that. Either we like let go of the friendship mm. or talk about it and fix it. Yeah. And it's like the way we deal with friendship and the way we stand up for ourselves in our friendships mm. is the way that we should approach maybe a romantic relationship yeah. as well. Um, so I was like, yeah, I don't know. I've like always had good friendships obviously um yeah yeah that's good no i think that's very good what you sh- you shared and also i think it's about intentionality like you have to be very intentional about it yeah like you have to be intentional and like for someone of like me something is a bit difficult to like i think that is maintain friendships i don't know i think do you think so i don't, I don't think so i don't know i think i'm good at making friends or making like initial conversation but to maintain it sometimes i've been thinking a lot and probably that would go on my goals when i write it down i think sometimes i don't know because i think my struggle is that sometimes i don't know i often think i don't want to disturb somebody i don't want to burden burden somebody or if i feel that there is no like equal like value given to a friendship i'm also like available to give that space and but the problem is giving that space oftentimes can make grow distance i feel between friendships as well so probably i need to better work on my relationships as well uh but yeah but if i care and i'm happy like especially to talk with people and i really like the fact that okay i feel comfortable with you i feel the fact that i can be transparent with you and i like the fact that we can have a genuine friendship and yeah i feel oftentimes sometimes i struggle with people when i feel i cannot show up as my full self or Uh feel way too often misunderstood so probably that's that but no, I think you have to be very intentional because I'm someone that sometimes I can get busy and things like that. And so I can definitely forget texting people. I'm very bad at texting, calling. That's the avoidance showing in me as usual. But I, I think, yeah, I try to, to still like. So uh, the show also talks about mental health. And uh, we seen in the end, uh, like Mo- Molly starting a eating process thanks to a therapist. We have Nathan that has a bipolar disorder. Like, come on, let's talk about mental health for us black women. Like, I know that's a topic you're really into. And definitely, I think you'll make me even more in touch with the topic, although I was already interested in it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I like the idea of like normalizing people going to therapy, black people going to therapy, black women going to therapy. Uh, I've always, like I've been in therapy I don't know if that's a good thing to say, (laughs) but I've been in therapy for like the longest time on and off and I'm currently in therapy, Um, but I don't, and I recommend everyone to be. Yes, please do. If you feel like um, you're at like certain point of your life where you like, 
need some support emotionally and stuff I definitely if you can afford it I think it could be if you found the right therapist as well it can be like the best thing you can do for yourself um, and a lot of my friends are in therapy hmm. I feel like that's like a you know you're my friend if you also in therapy and we like casually discuss that um, but yeah I don't know I just think it's like it's really helpful like maybe we haven't been like our parents didn't have the luxury hmm of being worried about their mental health and you know and things like that and then the fact that we're able to do that and go get through like life challenges by getting help whatever we struggle with uh yeah i feel like that's one of the best things that i've done for myself Mm -hmm. and i think especially like i had a therapist and we kind of like a couple maybe two three years ago and we're doing well so I kind of like took some time away from that or oh, she broke up with me to be fair <laughs> oh that's um, true i forgot about yeah, it but, yeah because she thought i was doing well i was heartbroken but after and then i was doing well but then i think when lockdown started i started feeling the need to have like that support because even though i was like working out and baking and like doing calls with my friends and stuff i think i really wanted to make sure that i do not fall apart mm. during this time and mm. i'm so glad that is something that i was able to do mm. but yeah i don't know it's always something that will like a vouch for and i really recommend to everyone something that i wish my parents could do or could care about i agree um for my parents <laughs> but yeah i'm with my therapist at the moment we are in kind of a season where we're trying to to make the session more like spacious like every two months and yeah i think that's just a sign of me being able to have like my own tools to like navigate life and stuff yeah it's not something that i'm ashamed of it's something that i'm quite proud of Mm. and happy that i've done that for myself and i'll always recommend to people yeah, that's good. I have to take that step, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever felt shame around therapy, though? About therapy? Or around therapy. Around, thera- therapy? around, around therapy. Oh, around, like, you using therapy. Have you always been, like, comfortable talking about it? I don't know. You know, obviously, like, growing up in an African household, I was kind of, like, the first one being sent to therapy at, like, 12. And then I think it's something that my parents were kind of really, like, taken aback for. They still, you know gave me the support that I needed but it was something that my sister didn't at the time didn't feel like she needed or so it was very kind of there's a lot of stigma about like mental health and stuff like that obviously so I think for them it was a lot to take in um but yeah I never really felt shame around it I feel like if I'm being pretty honest I don't know it was kind of like my character (laughs) traits like the girl that goes to therapy so yeah, I didn't, yeah, I never really felt shame about it. No, that's good. That's good. That's yeah. good. Well, Olivia, on this note, which don't forget people, do not be ashamed of needed therapy or needed support. Just do it. I go to therapy as well. And my therapy, tri- my therapist tried to break up with me, but then she was like, the girl oh. still needs me. Like, so... Wait, is she a black woman, right? She's a black woman, yeah. 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 She tried to break up with me, and then I was like, mate. Uh-uh. Like, uh-uh. Well, I wasn't like, mate. I said something, and she was like... You're yeah. like, sis. <laughs> she was like, mate, you need help. <laughs> like, 
Um, but yeah, but I was having a good track. Like I was feeling a lot better. But then I don't know. I also winter. I don't think I'm very good with like the winter season and stuff. But yeah, you know, it's a season. It's a journey. But still, it's important to, you know, like have that support and think through like how you feel. And you know, mental health is the same as physical health. So it's important mm-hmm. that yeah. you really consider that because when you have a trauma like if it's manifest on your body it manifests on your character so for this reason that's why it's so important to go to therapy so with that we are about to almost close the podcast do you have anything else you like to share with the people olivia that you um, haven't shared now having shared i don't know do you think there's anything i would like to share i don't know i, don't know. I think this was nice i'm glad i did it I'm glad you um, did it as well. I insisted. I normally don't. Because at first I was like, because mm. I just don't like the way my my voice sound. Eh? Um, so yeah, if it sounds weird, I apologize. Well, um, you can just write to her and let her know that her voice is beautiful. Thank you. But yeah, I'm glad I did it, and this is a really nice podcast that everyone should be listening to. Thank you, girl. I'm very glad that you participated in it. And thank you as well for supporting this project from the very beginning. And thank you as well for pushing yourself as well to come on this podcast. I know you weren't like fully comfortable with it with this episode, but I'm so glad you accepted. And I'm actually glad I insisted because normally I don't really. So I'm glad I insisted for you to be on it. (laughs) So yeah, you um, did. Yeah, I'm so happy. So please give your content, Instagram page, socials, so people can connect with you. Uh it's well, I guess my Instagram, which is Olivia Lifungula. That's it. Yeah, you um, can go also. On the, that's the same for the website. Just go on the website, yes. Booker, <laughs> Vogue, book me, and Edward Nifol. Just please, oh, can you book yeah. my best friend for British book? You're so annoying. <laughs> hey Naomi as well. Hey Naomi, can you please be yeah. Oh my days, girl. But yeah, we're trying to manifest big opportunities, big jobs for all of us. Um, blessings in 2022. Yay. That's uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. When are you coming to London? Oh, I don't know. With that Omicron <laughs> riding like wild Omarion. Uh, Omarion. Yeah, Omarion <laughs> on tour in the UK. He likes the UK a lot. So I don't know where I'm coming to oh London. But you can always come to Italy, a country where like people are wearing masks and try to keep social distancing. Oops. We have our cases. Wow, but this is shady. We have our cases, but still we are kind of high vaccination rates. We're wearing masks. We still need to work through some things but you're welcome I'll to come, come to yeah you I, should I, I, I will bring Omarion with me <laughs> oh, no you can keep it oh, you can keep him dead or oh, you can keep him dead so well listeners thank you so much for tuning in don't forget you can follow the chronicles of a black italian women at chronicles of a abi double v and also you can follow my personal page at smiley benny i appreciate you all thank you Libby, for being with us have a great year bye ciao ciao